1: Welcome to This Song Is Yours, the music podcast that takes you behind the scenes of the music industry's brightest talents. I'm your host, Simon Fink, and today, for episode 305, we're bringing you an hour long special filled with the electrifying energy of South by Southwest Sydney. We had an incredible time exploring what the city had to offer, gigs at Universal Music House and the Blair Showcase evenings, and soaking up the music and creativity that define this event. But our main mission was clear to dive deep into the art of songwriting, and I feel like we did relatively well. <laughs> in part one of our two-part series, we had the privilege of sitting down with some remarkable artists who we believe are shaping the future of music. We engaged in insightful conversations with talents like Almost Monday, Sarah Kinsley, Haley from Slapface, Foley, and Miss Kanina. They generously shared their creative processes, gave us a glimpse into their... We also got the inside scoop on how their week at South by Southwest went down. For an even more immersive experience, be sure to check out the video interviews with these artists on our YouTube channel. The link to watch is available in the show notes of today's episode. We're proud to mention that both of these episodes are brought to you by Gin Lane, a spectacular gin bar nestled right in the heart of Chippendale. Their support allows us to bring you the best content from events like South by Southwest Sydney, and we could not be more grateful for Gin Lane looking after us during our time at South by Southwest. Before we jump into these incredible conversations, please make sure you're subscribed to This Song Is Yours on your favorite podcast platform, and don't forget to follow us on social media for all the latest updates. You will find all the details in the show notes for today's episode. So, without further ado, let's step into the world of songwriting and musical innovation with all of our talented guests as we get ready for an unforgettable ride through South by Southwest Sydney. to today's interviews we just want to say a massive thank you to our sponsor for our time while we've been here at south by southwest sydney it is gin lane gin lane is one of sydney's most unique small gin bars it is located in the heart of chippendale in a converted 18th century townhouse it's a perfect spot to have a gin and tonic with friends catch up have a fancy cocktail we just want to say a massive thank you to gin lane again for having us while we've been here at south by southwest sydney Please welcome the gentleman from Almost Monday. We've got Luke Colin Dawson. Gentlemen, hello. How are we? What's up, man? Thank you so much for having us. My absolute pleasure. Um, I believe we had the pleasure of speaking over Zoom last time you were in Australia. I think over, um, you were in the Universal offices. Yeah. We were where we're usually based, but um, at the time we talked about touring, playing some shows, and... It's finally happening. You guys have been here all this week, playing yeah. some shows. How have they gone?
0: Yeah, they've gone great. We played two shows last night, um, and then we're playing tomorrow um, at the courtyard. Um, it's like, I think, for the, the Rolling Stones. So it'll be, it'll be cool. We're stoked. That's- stoked to be back in Oz.
1: <laughs> how have the shows gone? I did see some footage. Who did I see it from? There's been quite a few people at your, your showcases already, kind of getting into it, dancing. Yeah. From your perspective, how have those shows gone?
0: yeah it's always fun it's always um it's always interesting coming to like um like a new country you're always a little bit like okay let's let's see what the fans are like and um australian fans are really fun it kind of reminds us a lot of like home san diego Mm -hmm. fans it feels like a similar type so um always feel at home here and always feel stoked
1: I feel like the music of Almost Monday is very similar to the kind of Australian surfer laxadaisal kind of vibe. So I think you guys have kind of just slotted in pretty well in terms of like people <laughs> loving you. the band and then Thank kind of so getting much. on board. Um, it's an exciting time because there's a lot of new music coming from you guys as well this year. I think the most recent single, Coast to Coast, is out at the moment. Yeah. That seems to be resonating well with people. Yeah. Um, in terms of that track, how did that kind of come about in terms of the songwriting and the inspiration for Coast to Coast? You want
0: to take it? Sure. Um, yeah, I think with a lot of the new tracks, we're kind of just coming back to um, kind of where we started. It's funny because you get into this industry and you think you have to be a certain way or to write towards a certain thing, I guess. But I think coming back to it, just what's authentic to us, which is, you know, just a lot of beach, a lot of sun, surfing. It sounds cliche, but it's kind of our lives. So it feels good to be um, just ourselves and whether people like it or not, it's like it's just us. So we're happy with it. That's awesome. Um, has that songwriting
1: method kind of changed for you guys? I know, I think when we spoke, you advised that um, like originally it was kind of in, oh, I want to say it was Dawson's dad's garage that you were practicing it was like in someone's dad's garage
0: well, we've, we've been in many garages all the garages yeah. we in Gary's garage for all of COVID that was a lot
1: <laughs> has the songwriting changed and kind of evolved in terms of how you guys write your music I guess from the garage now that you're I imagine you're, you're writing in sessions in studios things like right. that yeah
0: yeah, we we work with um, our friend back at home, Simon Oscroft. He's our producer, so we work with him, like, all the time on music in um, his home studio.
1: With um, Coast to Coast and some of the other singles we've released this year, there does seem to be kind of, a, uh, I want to say, like, a little bit of a shift To that more coastal sound but it seems that you're building towards something I do want to know and obviously you can shut me down if I'm (laughs) touching on anything that's not known yet Um, are we looking towards possibly a collection of songs maybe an EP maybe the Almost Monday album
0: yeah I think no no man we're we're super stoked we just started working on an album um, really like a few weeks ago so after this trip we're kind of Locking ourselves away for the rest of the year, and gonna make, you know, hope, hopefully, um, a debut album that we're super stoked on. And yeah, next year's gonna be fun, man. I would we just feel like it's it's time to kind of go a little bit deeper and making an, a full project. It's all the bands we grew up loving and stuff. It's just what we, for us, it's always been kind of the goal. So, um, yeah, really excited. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it turns out where we want.
1: That's incredibly exciting I know that, um, and I can only obviously speak for fans here in Australia, but even across the socials you can kind of see that um, interest and love for the band has kind of grown exponentially in the last Mm. 12 months or so Are you guys, I don't want to say surprised by the success, because obviously you work hard, you do a good job, but Mm. is it interesting to see how popular the band is continuing to get the more that you're putting the music out?
0: That's that's very sweet, thanks Um (laughs) I feel like Anytime Anybody Is like I like one of your songs It blows me away Like It just Cause it's something That is so Uh Literally Like our voice And our You know Our expression Of Of, of it So it's just like When anybody Resonates with it Like Even on the smallest scale You're just like Whoa that's such a crazy Thing Like You know it's so, making music is always for us like, we're just doing it not even like to make money, it's just been the thing we love, so like when people like it or are at a show or like streaming it or tell you about how much it means, like your song means to them it literally feels like an, like a cherry on top of already a dream of just making music, which is already so great, so no man, we're super, I feel like we are just feel really blessed and stoked to be able to travel the, travel the world and play our tunes and you know meet cool people it's awesome
1: that is incredible to hear obviously getting way ahead of ourselves i know i think it's sydney there's one more show in melbourne as well on this tour you're playing i think we've played in melbourne no there's no, no Melbourne. I might have but hopefully soon. crossed my wires there yeah. somewhere. So I apologise. Um I'd love to do a tour in Australia though. That's kind of where I was going with it. Was yeah. that once the debut album comes out, can we expect maybe a fuller tour come visit us in
0: Adelaide? Yeah, us, yeah. yeah. No, I think Australia, like we always talk about it, like I think across the board, like if we could if we couldn't live in America, like if we could move, we'd all wanna be here. So obviously coming to tour is like a dream and actually seeing going over to Perth, you know, Melbourne and uh, Brisbane and all of it would be a dream, so hopefully soon.
1: Look, fingers crossed and I'm very excited for that debut album when it does come out. Um, gentlemen, we would usually ask, I guess, what they're currently listening to we can go down the line, whichever order you'd like to go if you'd like to advise what you're currently listening to or what's on high rotation for yourself at the moment
0: Cool, yeah uh, there's a band called Geese from New York, I listen to them a lot their new album um, I'll do two Aussie bands. Um, Amel and the Sniffers, which credit to Cole. He showed us them. We Our van doesn't have an aux, so we only can listen to CDs on the very long road trips we do. So thank you, Cole, for Emil and the Sniffers, Aussie band. And then also another punk band from Sydney. They're called GT that I really like. Nice. Yeah. And then uh, I've been enjoying the new Jungle album, so...
1: It's a good kind of cross-section of um, different bands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of touching on different points.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um gentlemen, thank you very much. Very much appreciate your time coming in um, and congrats on coast to coast single. Thank you, Simon. Of course. Yeah. Please welcome Sarah Kinsley. Hello, how are you doing?
2: I'm good, how are you?
1: I'm very well, thank you. I thank you so much for joining us today.
2: No, totally, thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: My pleasure. I know that this week has been a little bit crazy for you here in Australia. It is South by Southwest. Um, how, how is your South by week going so far?
2: It's been great. Um, yeah, we played at the Universal House at Barney's mm-hmm. Church yesterday, which is really fun. The space is like very, very beautiful. Very cool space. It's really massive. Yeah, it doesn't really feel anything like a church yeah. at all, <laughs> which is funny. Um, but yeah, we're doing that. We're playing um, a show tomorrow in the park. Which I think will be open to the public, but is still sort of like South by related. So I'm actually really stoked for that, just to yeah play an afternoon set in the park.
1: That's very exciting. I know that um, there is a lot of excitement around your shows here in Australia this week. I think I don't think it's your first trip to Australia, but it's, I want to say the first business, first music trip to Australia. It's the
2: first business trip, yeah, yeah totally, <laughs> totally.
1: Um, how have the crowds been reacting? I who was it? I did see someone. I think it was like an influencer, they did post your set at the Universal Music House last night. Oh,
2: I haven't seen it yet. Um, The real, like, genuine reactions that I've seen of, like, us kind of being here are definitely the fans that really get to the front during Mm -hmm. the sets. Um, During our Universal show um, at the showcase last night, there was just, like, a line of people sort of gathered (laughs) by the front. Because it's a very long stage, but it goes pretty far back, and... um, everyone was so ready to sort of move and dance and be um led into the music and the show for you know 20 30 minutes and yeah I thought the energy was just very fantastic and yeah it was just it was really sweet to see people always singing the words like especially in a place that's very far from home
1: of course well I know there's a lot of um excitement about the Ascension EP which is out at the moment which is your you. EP congratulations yeah. on that by the way thank
2: you thanks
1: um is it weird like when yeah, when you are traveling and going overseas to to countries that um, as we said it's a business trip, so not the first time, but is it weird to see people singing along to some of these songs or like really getting into these songs
2: mm-hmm. yeah it's it's definitely really jarring I think more in in a really good way, just in the sense of it's very easy to to forget the fact that the people who are listening to music are people, mm. the people who sit with music and and memorize it and and it kind of lives with them. So to see that reflected during a show with people knowing exactly what I'm going to say next, knowing the build of the song, knowing the structure of it, it's like a familiarity that I'm always really surprised by because it's just like we don't know each other, but also we do. Like this person clearly knows the sort of ins and outs of of me like very well, I think, Hmm. um, because of this sort of bond that we have through my music. So it always does feel a bit jarring to watch it happen or play out. Uh, in real time,
1: I can very much appreciate that. I do have to, yeah. um, I do have to say, and not simply because you're sitting here with us. Do love your music. The EP <laughs> is fantastic.
0: Thank you.
1: Um, I think that there is something to be said about some of these songs because when initially having a listen to this EP, I was quite surprised in terms of not only the sonics of it, which I want to touch on in a little, in a little bit, but. Mm-hmm. Um, your voice as well, only because I feel like it's a very kind of like old soul <laughs> kind yeah. of voice. And mm-hmm. for someone who, okay. to my understanding, you only just recently graduated university. Yeah. Congrats on that, by the way. Um, <laughs> Thank you. That it, I was so surprised. Yeah, that I guess this this old voice coming out of such a young musician. Um, yeah. Has that always been the case in terms of your voice and your kind of songwriting?
2: <sighs> it's really funny. I think... think when i was younger and starting to write music it it reflected a lot of sort of the general like being naive as a young person is Mm -hmm. is a universal thing Mm -hmm. it doesn't affect (laughs) like only me you know but i think when i really kept going with writing and trying to go deeper within myself i started to get like that comment pretty frequently of like it sounds like like you're singing about things that have existed for many years or, or, or like attaching yourself to things that kind of go beyond youth with, while still talking about it so I don't know if it's always been a thing or if it's something that I'm slowly coming into but Mm -hmm. I know what you're talking about it's hard to, it's almost hard to paraphrase because (laughs) it's it's like I don't think that I sound old but I know what you're saying
1: yes, let me please make very clear, you do not sound elderly in any capacity
2: (laughs) and I wouldn't be offended if I did, it's the thing it's more like, yeah I think it's more about nostalgia which has a lot to do with time and about just general like age and where you are in life that Mm. maybe is what people who listen to my music cling on to which I don't disagree with at all I think it's like nostalgia is a huge theme in things that I write about or think about even so it makes sense that we would just attach it to sounding older or I don't know I'm not sure
1: no 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 I I 100% kind of agree with what you're saying um can you talk us through I guess your first interaction with songwriting or what originally attracted you to writing lyrics and writing music
2: yeah, I think I started writing in a diary just at a really young age and that was a good way to sort of word vomit cuz you have so much emotions as a kid and so much of the original stuff that I first wrote was really really dramatic just mm-hmm. like in- insane how <laughs> I thought how horrible I thought my life was because <laughs> because some um, I don't know someone someone didn't like me back or something when I was eight but um yeah I would I would write in this diary a lot and and write to myself or write to a future self or write to my friends and I think that was a part of my life for a long time and like fiction Mm -hmm. writing in general and then when I turned maybe like 11 or 12 I became really obsessed with just pop music like I lived I lived in Singapore for about five years like during this age range and like top 200 radio was like such a big thing and American culture was such a big thing there Mm -hmm. and at least the school that I went to and so I felt like my life was just constantly I was constantly revolving around what was playing on the radio and I feel like there was just a very natural connection between me as someone who was raised as a classical musician listening to the radio and then starting to write and it was just like it made sense to go in that direction you know Um, but yeah the first songs that I wrote I don't even I, I might still have the old notebooks, like in my in my parents' basement somewhere. They're like, he, like he thinks I'm invisible, so there, like therefore I am, like something. Like, I don't even know the definition of the word, therefore, <laughs> but yeah, just using big words to write. Yeah, it was it was helpful as a kid, I think. to write.
1: Of songwriters that we've spoken to, there's um, there is a lot of, I think you use the word like na- naivety before, and it's not even just that, but it is like you're you're working out how to express yourself and how to say things and it's um it's an incredibly useful tool to kind of have those early journals and notebooks so you can later articulate in a a much more um expressive way I guess
2: no totally like I might be saying the exact same sentiment now of like feeling invisible but I I can say it in a way that's a little bit more ambiguous or nuanced exactly yes (laughs) instead of just saying like (laughs) I'm a ghost or something yeah no it's I think it is good and I I feel very grateful that I sort of was able to 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 think about music in that way as a kid and to have mm-hmm. the tools of like being a a trained musician from a really young age but then not knowing how to use my voice and that being an odd switch or how to use like lyrics to express what i was thinking when for the most part like all of the music that i was using to express myself was purely through instruments or through mm-hmm. like a violin or the piano or an orchestra like a lot of the emotions that I felt were purely sonic it had nothing to do with lyrical quality so it was like a really weird change to go through and to figure out but I think it's like the same avenue of learning how to actually just get an emotion out of you you know whether it's through like language or not
1: 100% yeah yeah um I would love to kind of know and this fascinates me because I know that you are a multi-instrumentalist I know that you um a producer and a big advocate for women producers as well, mm-hmm. um, and, I, and I do want to talk about that. But I also want to begin this with because I saw it online and it is fascinating to me. Is it? I'm going to maybe mispronounce it. Is it the contact contact pads? Yeah,
2: totally right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: Where where did that come from? Or like, what, what is? How do they work?
2: Yeah. So my sort of origin story with them was just when I was a student in university. Learning about these discs, they're called like piezo discs, but it's like a brass plate um, that kind of has um, two layers within it. And you can kind of put it against, like you could put it against this wall. This is actually a really thick wall, so you couldn't... If it was a really (laughs) hollow wall, you Mm -hmm. could put the disc against the wall and then someone who's either inside the wall or on the other side, you know, you can make noises and transmit sound. So they've been used, like, a lot of guitar pickup mics Mm -hmm. are similar technology, or mics for violins, but it's all sort of the same thing of sending an audio signal through, like, copper or brass or some sort of material. So, like, that table would be a really good one to kind of hit, or you could put it um, on, like, a metal plate, and then make sounds on the plate, and it would sound completely different than if you put it on a wood plate.
1: Because in the video, yeah. I, the videos I think I saw, are you humming while you're? Wearing I am. Them? Yeah. yeah. So
2: I learned about them in school, and I made a bunch of them in different classes I took, and professor a professor that I was really close to, and um, uh, he showed us one day this video of someone kind of throat singing with the mic in or around their throat, which is a really extreme version of like what I think I'm doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that was super inspiring, and so I. I was like, oh, I wanna, I wanna try this. So I started taping the mics around me and trying, trying to figure out, but it's just humming and then you can send obviously that audio signal into any sort of software and then place any effects on it. So the actual mm. signal itself is pretty dry. It just sounds like someone has like their hand over your mouth or like you're, you're in like a box talking. Hmm. Um, but I just enjoy the fact that the vibration comes directly from my throat and that it feels really close to me in a way. So, like, I've really only used that mic on songs that are really vulnerable or really mm. very personal because it does sound like a sort of scream, sigh that is coming really deeply mm-hmm. out of me, even though it's just a noise that I, I could make in other ways.
1: I think that's what it was. It was... Um I almost want to use the word, like, haunting when I'm watching, in a, in a good way, I agree. way.
2: <laughs> no, I, and it depends on the effects that I'll put on it. I think, like, I've chosen to go into these, like, very specific reverbs that, that do feel very haunting and kind of cave-like and droney. Yes, yeah. And, um, yeah, there's there's some very cool reverbs that have been built by a lot of people. Like, just the presets that I use, like, it's nothing... It's It's free and it's nothing special, but it's the ability to create, like, such... Um, like, terrifying sound almost, but when put over Mm. a piano, it happens to be very calming, I guess. (laughs) It's funny. It's a
1: weird um, juxtaposition almost of the two. Yeah, totally. Um, The track of the the most recent EP Ascension that I kind of found I kept revisiting was one that was haunting, was the title track, Ascension. Mm, I was wondering whether you would um, indulge me a little bit and just, I guess, tell us a little bit about the inspiration behind that track.
2: Yeah, totally. I think um, I sort of had this inside joke with my partner and some other friends who like introduced this idea but one of my friends who is a filmmaker and writer um we were both really obsessed with that film portrait of a lady on fire and the director Celine Sciamma had this interview uh, related to the film where she talked about how the loss of love whether it's a breakup or death or, or any sort of separation from a relationship can be so devastating because Like the process of loving someone means that you create a language that only exists between the two of you. Mm -hmm. And so I was talking to my partner about this, and we kind of took this a step further of thinking about oh, between us, like if there was like an island, a real tangible place. Where every one of our inside jokes or memories or stories lived. Like, what would that place look like? And you can, your mind sort of starts to run and imagine all of the things that you have, whether it's foods that you would talk about together, or or, or films you'd watch, or things you'd speak about. But it's almost like if the island was like a tangible reincarnation of all of those things, so you could actually see them on this island. And we would talk about that idea really often, and it that kind of idea was very haunting to me as something where you could almost like a a very beautiful but very haunting paradise of where you could be. Um, and the sort of metaphor of like, you know, when, when you break up with someone or something doesn't work out, the idea of being left with this island was the sort of starting point for the idea for Ascension because I was so like... I was really entrenched in that idea of like when, you know if if we don't happen to love each other or live together anymore like what's going to happen I'll just be stuck in this sort of deserted place with all of these things around me and so ascension is kind of about putting this sort of relationship that I'm in almost in the past tense of like okay you loved me but I have all of these things and the idea of waking up every day with them, almost in like a sort of Groundhog Day <laughs> situation, that's like a blessing and a curse. That idea was just so potent to me, and I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And it's why I called the EP Ascension. But yeah, it's really about that.
1: It is an incredible track. So thank you for sharing. Thank that you. With me. I thank you. So, I'm that. glad you like
2: it. Thanks.
1: <laughs> um, I know that you've obviously been playing some shows here in Australia for South by. Um, I believe that there's some shows later this year with um, a small and upcoming artist named Mitski who, looking forward to um, how you're feeling about those shows because I imagine that's, I want to assume, yeah. is pretty exciting.
2: Yeah, you know, I feel like um, I'm, like, really doing this small artist a favour yeah. by, like, joining their tour. <laughs> very kind of you, yeah. I know, yeah, taking, it, taking time out of our busy lives. <laughs> no, I was really, I was very shocked when the, the offer came in just because I think... Mitsuki is someone who, like, I have sort of idolized for a long time, not only as her as, like, a really incredible writer, but, and, like, someone who I think is truly, like, a tour de force of our generation of of people who write, but also just someone who was, like, the first first person who I really saw who even resembled me in the slightest, who was making insane, crazy music, music that would make you uncomfortable, music that would, like, really... I don't know stir people up and that was really I don't know invigorating for me but yeah it's it's very weird to think about us sharing the same stage like I have been thinking about that and trying to think like what am I gonna say to someone who (laughs) I just have like almost too many thoughts about you know like Mm -hmm. what do I do but yeah I think I'm just very excited. To experience
1: that? Of course, I will, even just as a fan of both yourself and of Mitski I'm very excited just to, from a to they're happening in the US, so any US mm-hmm. fans, please keep an eye out for those. But even from, from a distance from Australia, very excited to see how those shows go because, yeah, um, yeah. yeah I believe it will be a, a brilliant double build. Um, thank you, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. So much. Please welcome Gabe and Ash from Foley. Hello. Hello. How are we?
3: How
4: are you going?
1: (laughs) I'm well. How are you?
4: Good. Yeah, we're really happy to be here. I'm very... Sunny Sydney.
1: It's really... (laughs) We've really brought out the weather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Question mark.
4: Well, we've been here for for a little while, and the weather has been insane. Like we've had a couple of thirty five degree mm. days, and mm. we've been cooking on the beach, just enjoying it. So, a couple of days off of the sun is actually okay. <laughs> we'll take it.
1: How has your other than the sun and um and obviously today's the, the weird one exception? I think tomorrow's back to normal. Um, how has the week been here at South by? It's been great,
4: yeah. It's definitely a whirlwind. Mm. I think, like, the schedule gets pretty busy pretty quick. But we always love, like, obviously it's great to come here and play ourselves and meet people, but also just watching all the other acts and seeing, you know, like a small snippet of what their show is. is just so inspiring and so cool. Like, we get lots of ideas and soak up all the vibes. So, (laughs) yeah, it's been good so far, but ready for another few days.
1: I was speaking to Gabe just before. South by seems to be this, um, like, amalgamation of music tech film arts altogether where it's not just bands that you're seeing you do get to kind of Mm. Mm. put your feelers out into other interesting areas we were talking just before i think um you went to the the nasa
5: yeah talk (laughs) today yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um i just watched uh someone from nasa talk about living on the moon um and (laughs) (laughs) it was really interesting um you know what food they're going to grow apparently buckwheat um, Interesting. Yeah, so we're all going to be eating buckwheat pancakes on the moon in the future. Oh so. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can I can get behind that. <laughs> moon caves. Yeah, but it's it's like being at the ICC, like and and all around Sydney uh, for South by, like you bump into all these random people from mm. tech and you know um, AI and like film and media. There's everything going on. So it's like it's quite fun when you're in the midst of it because like, you, mm. yeah, you'd never bump into these people otherwise. Which is
1: very fair. Is there anything? else kind of left on your list of things non-musical related that you want to check out?
4: Ooh, non-musical related. There's a lot of AI stuff, eh?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure why.
4: I actually have gotten really fascinated with AI because I went to like an AI expo in New Zealand Mm -hmm. and this is crazy. There was like just some crazy stories about AI and like people (laughs) falling in love with AI bots and like, but just it just blew my mind. It just was wild. Very long story, but... um, I definitely got, like, a bit of a fascination. So mm-hmm. I would love to try and go to some of the AI stuff that's happening, but it just gets so busy so quick, and you're mm. jetting all around, and suddenly it's, like, it's five o'clock, we've got a show on, and it's just, yeah, but hopefully there'll be time.
1: I'm so fascinated by AI and some of the things that we've been talking about, and I don't want to... <laughs> We could go on a tangent, yeah yeah we, we? could go on a much bigger <laughs> conversation about that so we won't. I do want to chat about uh, the gigs that you guys have had so far. I believe there's still a few coming up one today, one tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but there was one last night which um who was it? A friend of the the podcast um uh, David James Young. He was filming yourself on. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it looked insane. It looked like that gig was going off. How how was the show? It was night? fun,
4: yeah. yeah. It was really fun. It was kind of, um, it was like a venue that's not usually a venue, called the Sneaky Possum. And upstairs, it was kind of, it felt like a flat party, sort of. It was almost like a house where they'd
5: yeah. propped
4: a PA up. and um, But it actually sounded pretty good, I think. Yeah. Like, the, the space was pretty cool. But, yeah, a lot of energy. And David coming along, he's got so much energy as well. <laughs> the man so. has a lot of energy. It was so great, yeah It was so awesome to see him And like, I feel like he actually is like a hype guy in the crowd yeah. He's like our sleeper cell That goes in and like gets yeah. everybody hyped for us So, no, it was awesome We had a great time And looking forward to, yeah, tonight at 5pm At the Doc Martin house mm-hmm. And then tomorrow at the New Zealand house yeah. Which will be really cool So, yeah, looking forward to them
1: These shows, from what all accounts that I've heard As I mentioned to you guys before I've only flown in today But, um the shows have been fantastic, so I'm looking forward to trying to check you guys out tomorrow night at the New Zealand house, because yeah, I think that's cool. going to be incredible. Um, you are here in support of the fantastic debut record, Crowd Pleaser, from Foley. Congratulations on that record. Thank you. How are you feeling now that the record is out? I know it's been out for a little while, but what's the reception been like? How are you guys feeling?
5: Uh, yeah... It- it feels great. I mean, mm. like, you know, we, we were working on that record for for a long time and, and, mm. and getting it right, getting the, the right tracks on it, getting the sort of creative vision in the world that we wanted to show people, um, you know, down to a T. And and it's been really nice having it out in the world and people, like, appreciating that for what it is, like the, mm. the, the body of work and the piece of art that it is. Um, so, yeah, we just had a lot of friends and a lot of family and a lot of, a lot of fans telling us how like, much it means to them and, like, you know, what they got out of this song or that song. and So that's really satisfying. Yeah, that's really, really cool.
1: Were you surprised um, at the reaction of... Not at the reaction of positivity, but just then when you said... um family or friends being like oh, I love this song I love this song is there a track that I guess that has resonated with people that you're surprised at that was kind of like oh that was yeah. we thought this of this song and it's ended up being like a crowd favorite like that
4: happens all the time yeah. like <laughs> honestly we think we know what our fans want and we never do like we'll <laughs> it's so hard to guess you know like we earlier on in the album campaign we released a song called visualize that mm. we thought was kind of more of like a you know a cruisy little <laughs> curveball mm. that people were gonna be like oh yeah that's cool but it maybe wouldn't have been the favorite mm. and the response to that was crazy you know so <laughs> I just uh, yeah I feel like we could never pick it but on the album the lead single that came out with it um what got into you that's like the oldest song the first song we wrote mm. um that's ended up on the record so I feel like by the time it came out I'd almost like like I it felt like it was had already been out Mm -hmm. for such a long time I don't know I just got kind of confused by it and then when it came out on the album the response to that has been so great and I kind of I don't know why I didn't expect it but it was like oh but that's an old song I I don't know I just I think you get kind of messed up in your own head when you're Mm. so close to it so you've been
1: living with it for a while so I imagine that it's that thing of that when it's fresh to new people's ears, that it's like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, this is new to up. you
4: guys. Mm. Like, what you know? I just <laughs> yeah. But now the response has just been so amazing, and like Gabe said, to to finally have it out, like the the whole creative um, concept and. You know, to to be able to present the whole thing, it's Mm. just such a nice feeling, and yeah, obviously a really lovely moment as well to kind of stop and like celebrate and and enjoy the moment because you don't do that very often. So
1: it's the debut record; you kind of have to be able to enjoy that moment. Yeah, Yeah. pop
4: some bubbles and have a little, you know.
1: (laughs) I hope that there were some bubbles and a few (laughs) cutting some shapes. There was definitely
4: bubbles. Yeah,
1: there were some shapes for sure. Yeah. Uh, as as we have said, it's a debut record. I'm curious how you guys kind of got together in terms of... Um, we're predominantly at like a songwriting podcast. Mm.
5: How you guys kind of began making music together and writing mm. songs? Yeah, I think... Um, I mean, Ash and I have been writing uh, as individual songwriters in, in different bands, you know, well before Foley, you know, all through high school and things. But when we started Foley, um, we were both kind of fascinated with the idea of writing pop music mm-hmm. and, like, the, the the way that that's structured and, like, all the rules that you, you have to follow and, like... Or um, we'll break. Or we'll break, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and have to, you know, like, distill emotions and, and meaning into, like, as few words and as few melodies as possible. Um, neither of us came from pop backgrounds, so when we started writing together, it was just this really, like, fresh, new thing to both of us, and mm. we kind of, you know, stumbled through it, figured out how to do it, like... You know, wrote some terrible songs Wrote some really bad (laughs) songs Wrote some really good songs um, And yeah, and sort of just delved into the world like that Trying to to perfect like a craft that we were Mm. fascinated by I'm so curious by that now uh, What were the
1: respective genres or fields that you guys kind of came from before?
4: Well, I was studying music at the time at university So I was Mm -hmm. kind of in the, I suppose like neo-soul space I was going through a big like hiatus coyote type Mm -hmm. energy sort of Um, phase I guess well not phase but you know that was really what was big for me and I was surrounded by all the jazz players in the university Mm -hmm. so that was kind of my world and then Gabe was in the sort of like punk punk rock sort of energy so it's funny to have landed in pop but I think like the challenge of it has always been so Mm. motivating for us like it is so hard
1: (laughs) This is something that we've spoken to a few artists about which I am fascinated by is the fact that I guess there's this perception that pop music is like easy or mm. uh, or um, not like throw away but that it's this thing that oh anyone can do pop music and it's actually such a tough uh, yes. thing to do well which you guys do very yeah. well um, <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> I to throw that in there yeah. point, yeah. <laughs>
4: but no it's it's kind of the opposite for us mm. at least I mean I'm mm. sure there's some people that pop is like the most natural thing they could ever write and they might find something else challenging but I think in a way like you're so exposed with pop like mm. you're trying to say something you know, the, the whole goal is to connect with people, really. I feel like that's the heart of pop music, is, like, yeah. to connect with a decent-sized audience that are going to understand what you're saying, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it, it leans less into, like, the really metaphorical, poetic, where sometimes people might not even have any clue, you
5: know, yeah. for other mm. genres. yeah, so th- yeah, definitely an art form in itself. Oh,
4: absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But I think... Yeah, you kind of, if you're trying to say something and people still don't get it, it's like, well, then you haven't achieved
5: the goal of the song necessarily. Yeah, it might not be pop music.
4: Yeah. yeah, Yeah. And that's
5: fine. But um, yeah, trying to, as I was saying before, like distill those emotions into that thing is so complex without, um, Mm. you know, making it basic or... Generic.
4: Generic or
5: cheesy or whatever. There's all these things. You're sort of towing this line between um, intricacy and like, you know, general... Stuff, yeah, you know. and it's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the the
1: kind of thing that we have discussed with people. Is that yeah, it's this thing that is such a not like a, a difficult beast, almost, but like this thing that I think deserves way more credit for writing mm. yeah. good pop music. Again, not yeah. saccharine, not cheesy, but like yeah. well crafted pop yeah. music, which totally. again, Foley do quite well. Um, you. <laughs> <laughs> um, for yourselves, do you have anyone that you? Look up to in terms of that kind of pop world or pop writing world?
4: I really look up to Tovlo. Mm-hmm. I think she's, which is Tuvalu, is actually <laughs> how you say her name, and I've <laughs> said it wrong on stage, opening for her. <laughs> um, but I think she has a really beautiful way of saying it as it is, mm-hmm. but also having like so much personality and so much like zest mm-hmm. in her lyrics and like a really unique flavor to what she does Um, I just yeah I I find I'm just always captivated by her even if she's Mm -hmm. saying something that you could perceive as quite simple you know it's just always simple in a way that like you could never have said yourself Mm -hmm. you know and I think that's that's, and I mean as a melodic writer as well I think her melodies are always same thing like really simple but I never could have come up with it myself (laughs) so yeah love her I mean there's so many
5: yeah I'm just running through like a list in my head, and I can't, I can't really. I mean, Remy,
4: Remy's a big one for Remy, us as well.
5: Remy Wolf is a big one, mm-hmm. um, and I was just thinking back to when we first started folly like the the Ariana Grande record, like "Dangerous Woman," like mm. that yeah. is like mm, so well produced, like mm-hmm. all of the m- melodies mm. and all the lyrics, is really, really tight. So that that was like a really interesting um, case study.
4: Yeah, uh-huh. Victoria <laughs> Monet, one of the Victoria writers Monet. on that album. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. incredible writer. Yeah yeah I mean there's so many and I think like I love when you find the like a, a bunch of artists that you really love and then there's a songwriter who's the common denominator because mm-hmm. it's cool now that you can actually find that out really easily like you can see yeah. and you start seeing the same names of people yeah. coming up on songs and it's like I love these artists but maybe it's this writer <laughs> I actually really like yeah
5: like Ian Kirkpatrick
4: <laughs> Yeah, you know. Ilzy so, Juba I remember seeing yeah. Ilzy Juba come up on like I don't know if that's actually how you say her name I think so but seeing her come up on lots of records and being like, who is this girl? Mm. (laughs) She's just on everything and so
0: talented. So So, yeah. yeah. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me.
1: For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad
3: guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
1: The list just goes on. <laughs> who is it? There's, um, I know, one very popular Australian songwriter, uh, Sarah Aarons, as well, yeah, who yeah. I think people know from... Gosh, like...
4: Everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Flume, Miley Cyrus, there's, a, there's yeah. a whole range of different records that she's on, but it is cool now that you can kind of access that and see mm. how songwriters work, and I think they're getting totally. a lot more recognition as well, which is cool. Um, do you guys have any desire to write for anyone else is there any ever yeah yeah Yeah, we do quite a lot of that
4: yeah (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, we do lots of that because I think collaboration is like really at the heart of pop music but also Mm. like a lot of music now you know a lot of genres that have pop sensibilities across the the vocal in particular you know so yeah we do lots of writing for other acts and I think it keeps you kind of like on your toes a little bit um like having to flex those muscles with different people and different um goals for the song and you know like you and it also if you're writing pop music all the time it can be really refreshing to write something different and um I've really been wanting and I think Gabe's the same I think you mentioned this the other day really wanting to write some country music
6: because I feel
4: like that like the narrative Mm. in country lyrics is always so strong and like Mm. often what we will be writing is more like not necessarily telling a story from start to finish it's like a feeling and a situation and like you know you want it to be clear in that sense but it's not yeah. like the verse is the start the second verse is the mm. middle and the last parts that yeah. you know because i love with country music it feels like there's such a strong narrative so mm. yeah i'd love to do a bit of country
1: i'm get my yeehaw cowboy this. hat this on i eh? <laughs> love this i think country music as well almost what you were saying before there are times
5: where that can be almost too saccharine as well so it's, i feel like there's a yeah definite line
4: maybe
5: to walk it's the there. same challenge yeah yeah just yeah. speaking of um speaking of ai one of the things that i've been <laughs> doing um recently to just train my brain and just to have some fun is i i tell chachi p to write me a country song so mm-hmm. it spits out all these lyrics and then i go onto youtube and find like country instrumental beats and i listen to the beat and i try and sing the lines <laughs> and i try and make a song on the fly mm-hmm. um Yeah, Are
4: you actually doing that?
5: I'm actually doing that You've got too
4: much free time
5: (laughs) It's so fun It takes like 30 seconds Out of curiosity What's the success rate like been so far? I don't know They're all successful in my head
4: (laughs) Well I haven't heard any of them So I feel like they're not good enough to share
5: (laughs) The record's out next week Yeah Yeah.
4: (laughs) Cowboy Gabe is coming out Or is it already
5: out? (laughs) Are you Mason Ramsey in
0: disguise?
5: I love that guy (laughs) <laughs> Mason Ramsey. Another I, tangent. I went to I went, went to a Halloween party as as Mason Ramsey. He's, he's an idol. I
1: don't want to put you on the spot to do this. Can you? Do you have the ability to yodel? I won't ask you to do it. No. but
5: like, No. Okay. Fair no, enough. Yeah. <laughs> you just went for it. I, I cannot.
4: I feel it. like it's a it's it's like a feeling that I could not.
5: It's a lifestyle. Ever <laughs> imagine? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's
1: really a lifestyle.
0: <laughs> oh man.
1: Talking about Mason Ramsey, it's a bit of a weird segue. Um, we would usually ask, I guess, what they're currently listening to, other than Mason Ramsey and AI Mason. Country. <laughs> is there anything at the moment that's kind of on high rotation on either of your streaming services mm. or record players? However you consume music?
4: I've gotten really into Royal Otis,
1: mm-hmm. who
4: obviously I feel are a bit of a hot name okay. at South by, which is interesting. They are this week, There's yes. a panel about them. and um, some flames
1: on your pants. Is that sheesh! Yeah.
4: <laughs> um, yeah, fully fell in love with them. Mm. I, feel, I, I feel like I've gotten onto them kind of late, but yeah, they're amazing. And 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 then also Dalwater Gap. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Big fan, big fan. Mm. I feel like my algorithm has all of a sudden changed on, like, I don't know if you ever noticed that you'll be listening to all the same stuff and the algorithm's giving you really similar stuff. And then all of a sudden you start getting these curveballs and like Mm. have a big music discovery moment. And I don't know if that's on purpose. I'm sure there's a panel that will (laughs) (laughs) tell us. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, just all of a sudden discovered both of those guys and a few others in that kind of camp. And yeah, I think they're all such great songwriters Mm. and great voices and like really cool production. And style as well, like mm. kind of pushing their genres a bit, and yeah, awesome. What about you?
5: Yeah, I mean both of those as well. Um, but I, I've been really listen, listening to a lot of George Duke at the moment, who's like a '70s, mm. '80s kind of jazz, soul, R and B guy, um, who I listened to a lot back in the day, like 2016, 2017, when I was like first getting into funk music. Um, so it's nice to come back and like listen mm. through his discography. But um,
1: yeah,
6: I don't know.
5: Just expanding the horizons, the gamut of music that we've crossed
1: today—I yeah. absolutely love. <laughs> I think, I like Mason Ramsey, Ariana Grande, George Duke, yeah, it's oh, uh, no,
5: it's everywhere.
1: what Gap, it's just incredible. But,
5: <laughs> the thing is, is that at the heart of it, it's all pop music, right? True. Oh, oh, think about it. I don't
4: know if George Duke is pop music.
5: Is there some hits? I think you've tied that
1: together quite well.
4: I think I
5: might. Like, <laughs>
1: hand over the mic and if you want to host the <laughs> I think you did that better than I did Pass the torch! Yeah, I'm going to head out If you want to <laughs> um, Ash and Gabe, thank you very much for hanging out with us today. The yep. new Foley record is Crowd Pleaser and it is out right now um, we'll have it in the links of where all of this ends up, which is the podcast on YouTube but thank you again. Awesome.
4: Thank you so much nice. for having
0: us My Nice pleasure. To, meet you. It was lovely to
1: meet you guys. <laughs> Please welcome Hayley from Sightface. Hello.
3: Hi. How are you? you. I'm good.
1: (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for coming to join us this morning. I know it's been an incredibly busy week for everyone. We are here in the midst of South by Southwest. I know that you're just here as an attendee. Is there anything that you've seen so far that kind of stands out for you?
3: Yeah, last night was my first night actually attending showcases. Um, but I saw a band called Stumps that were really good. They're mm-hmm, kind of like lovely. Talking Headsy. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked them a lot. And then I checked out um, a new artist called Logan. That's kind of like new Elvis, modern Elvis. I, I have heard that. Yeah. yeah, it was really it was really cool. Yeah,
1: that's awesome. I know that there's um, there's so much going on this week. Which is kind of crazy, um, but it's nice to see like the music community kind of coming together and like networking, chatting, supporting one another.
3: Yeah, for sure. It's always nice to like bump into everybody that you've ever met in the music business <laughs> on the same night.
1: <laughs> As I mentioned, you're not performing at South by Southwest, but you just. Do happen to be in Australia at the moment um, on a bit of a riding trip and in promotion of a brilliant new single, Fight Back Time with the Thank Boys, which I want to get to in a second. But um, how is your Australian trip
3: treating you so far? It's been really good. This is like the middle of week two for me. I flew in from mm-hmm. Oslo, kind of at the beginning of October, to start doing uh, press with the boys, and then I've been writing first Love Face" with Australian producers and songwriters, and then also for Australian artists as a co-writer while I've been here. Oh, cool. So that's been really fun. Um, yeah, but it's a. Uh I've only been to Australia to play shows with Slow Face once before in mm. 2017 and that was such a short like whirlwind trip of less than a week so it's been so nice to actually get to like settle in and uh meet people and kind of get a feel for the whole Australian scene especially like the Indian rock scene <laughs>
1: yeah That's awesome to hear. I know that um actually what is the the flight time from Oslo?
3: So coming here it's really long because you lose those 12 or like you gain 12 hours Mm. Uh, so it took almost like 40 hours to get here um, which was a long trip but home is much easier because I fly out of Melbourne and that's a much faster trip.
1: Okay (laughs) that's good to hear. I'm glad that you are here for an extended period then to make that kind of very long trip worth it. Yeah because
3: last time we did the same and it was like two or three days of travel on each end and it was only like a five or six day trip in between and you don't really have time to like reset
1: no you're literally like just making sure that you're like one foot in front of the other at that point yeah
3: definitely I remember um I had just started dating my current partner at the time and we had like he was also on tour and we were like competing about who had the darkest circles (laughs) under their eyes for that week yeah
1: who was there a clear winner or just? Uh,
3: no, no I think a we winner. were pretty even, but yeah. yeah, no one was winning that game.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, as I mentioned, there's a brand new single with the boys out called "Fight Back Time." Yeah. It's a brilliant new track. Congratulations on Thank that! Thank you. Um, I know that this was originally, I think, kind of um, the foundations of the song were written by yourself um, and one or two producers who you usually collaborate with, um, and then it was not put on the shelf, but it kind of you stopped working on it for a little bit until. Making up with Zoe from The Voice?
3: Yeah, because it was like um, we're, we're working on the next full-length Slutface record that'll come out sometime next year. Um, and I had written Fight Back Time in London with uh, Paul Wally and Michael Champion, who, um, who are really talented songwriters and producers who I'm a really big fan of. Um, and I kind of felt like fight by time wouldn't necessarily fit in with the rest of the album because it's a bit more poppy mm-hmm. than a lot of the other stuff that's on the record um, and then like the idea of having the boys feature on it came across like my emails and I was like that's going to be so good that'll be amazing <laughs> um, and Zoe and I met up over Zoom pretty quickly and I think we both like related to the themes of the song really quickly and I felt like the chemistry was there which is kind of important if you're going to like write with someone Yeah. Um, so I think it felt just instead really good uh, and like the right place for us to both be
1: that's awesome I do love that I was very curious um, I guess yeah how how the collaboration happened because I wouldn't have necessarily put the two bands together previously but then it does seem to just kind of make sense when you're listening to the track when you're looking at the discography of both bands
3: yeah and I think it's kind of like a I mean, it's a little bit of a different track for both of our bands, too. So yeah. it was nice, I think, for both of us to do something kind of fresh, which is, like, the benefit of doing a standalone single where you can pour a lot of energy into just one song instead of worrying too much about, like, the context of a whole record. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, yeah, we I I knew that we uh that a good idea to like give that song life would be to do it as a duet or a feature with another artist and Mm -hmm. we were kind of like thinking about what other artists that could possibly be and um I was I really wanted to do it with an Australian band because I hoped that that would maybe get me over here because I Mm -hmm. had really wanted to come back (laughs) since 2017 so um and then the boys just seemed like such a perfect fit. so
1: Um, I know before you mentioned that you're here working with Australian producers and also writing for some Australian artists while you're here. Yeah. Obviously, don't want to get anyone in trouble. We're not going to dox anyone that you're secretly working with. But in terms of, I guess, before you came here um, this time around, what was the... um, I guess the the research method like in terms of working out which Australian producers you wanted to work with or kind of listening to certain Australian bands or artists?
3: It's kind of more like stuff that is like suggested to me through my publishers that might be a fun thing to do but I do try to look for stuff that might not be the same as what I do with Slutface because that's kind of the Mm -hmm. the biggest challenge or like the thing I feel like I learn most from so when I co-write with others it's not necessarily like all rock or indie based I do like a lot of in Norway I do a lot of uh, pop stuff and singer songwriter stuff, and yeah as a songwriter i'm i 'm like what we call a top liners so i I you know write lyrics and write melodies and stuff, so it 's really fun to come and do that for totally other genres of music than what I normally work on
1: i 'm always fascinated by that only because it 's like flexing i guess so many different muscles songwriting yeah, yeah. wise that you can kind of like almost um, put on like a different hat each day like yeah. and, on.
3: and I think that 's because I only started um, co-writing for other artists during the pandemic because I was kind of at a little bit of a crossroads in my life after some of the members that I'd started Slutface with had left, and I was kind of wondering if maybe I should do something completely different with my life or, like, become a nurse instead or Mm. something, (laughs) because it was in the middle of the pandemic, and that seemed more useful than being a musician at that point. (laughs) Um, So I was, like, kind of trying to figure out how I could maybe take sort of my career as a musician into the next phase of my life because I turn 30 next year and you Mm kind of need a little bit of a different sense of stability um Mm -hmm. as you get older so that uh and I'd always I like writing lyrics and being in the studio is one of my favorite parts of being in Slutface and always has been so I felt like this was a really good chance to spend even more time in those places and kind of like write even more lyrics and just like produce even more music than what i'll be able to release as the because you're kind of like you can pump out quite a few releases if you're if you want to write a lot but there's still like limits if it's just your own project
1: of course of yeah course. <laughs> when you are looking for like collaborators i guess is there any kind of key um i don't want to say personality trait but like key feature key kind of piece with a collaborator that you know you'll work best with
3: yeah, there are, like, a couple different things. Like, I, I like to try everything, and I feel like even sessions where, uh, like, I don't necessarily feel like I did my best work, or maybe I had, like, kind of a slow brain day. Even those sessions I feel like I learn a lot from, but I think my mm-hmm. my best days for me with, like, my the things that I feel best at are, like... Um, working with people that want to work kind of quickly and like get as many ideas down as quickly as possible. I'm not very much of like a, I don't, I don't enjoy it because that's how kind of Slutface used to work when there were four of us writing everything together in a room and I think I kind of like filled my quota of working very like mm-hmm. agonizing over every chord and every sentence and I kind of would rather write two fast songs than one verse in a day at this point Yeah. Um, so that's key for me is kind of like working with people that enjoy that like speed as well um, and then I also as like a, a top liner who's not I'm not a very good instrumentalist at anything. Um, I can kind of, like, muddle through if I have Mm -hmm. to. But (laughs) I love to work with people, like, uh, who are either, you know, really good guitarists or piano players and along with a good producer and then me top lining. Because then I feel like we kind of balance each other's skill sets out the best. But, like, it's all pretty fun to be honest (laughs) I really like it I had a day I was writing with um, a producer called Fletcher Matthews yesterday and um, an artist from Canberra called Lucy Sugarman and it was just like one of those days where you're like I can't believe this is our job this does not feel like work this is so fun (laughs) yeah well I'm so one I kind
1: of love that there is still that magic within songwriting I know sometimes with collaboration and sometimes as you said when people are put forward to you it can not necessarily feel like it is a job but as you said that it still uh, retains that magic of like
3: yeah and of course that's different every day and there are songs course. that I love more <laughs> than others or in songs where I kind of especially in Norway because um, my parents are American and English is my first language so that the kind of like um, I'm still pretty fresh at all of this, but the niche that I'm kind of trying to build in Norway is like that. I want to write English lyrics from the perspective of someone who has English as their first language. Cause not mm-hmm. everybody in Norway has that. Um, and that's the part that I think is most fun. Yeah. Um, but like that also makes it really easy to work in genres that I wouldn't necessarily maybe listen to so much myself. Yeah. Cause you can kind of like zoom in on <laughs> one part of the puzzle kind of.
1: Um, I would love to know, I guess, just... We are, like, predominantly a a songwriting podcast or media brand. Um, Do you remember your first interaction with songwriting or, like, what originally drew you to, like, writing lyrics?
3: I think, um... I, I really relate to like artists like um, or songwriters like Lou Reed and Patti Smith who've always said that like they you know they they could have done any kind of creative thing and it happened to be songs because for me it was always like words first and I, I wrote a lot as a kid like poems, and I was obsessed with, like, translating my favorite English, like, young adult books into Norwegian, because they hadn't mm-hmm. been released in Norwegian yet, so I spent a lot of time doing that. Yeah. Um, and then I have always loved music, and I think I kind of, like, fell into combining those two things, but my, like, up, even up until I was an adult, like, my plan was never to be a musician or a songwriter full-time. It was kind of just, like, a thing that I did. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we, and we have, like, um. I think my very first time of ever tr- attempting to write a song like with both the words and the music was uh, in um, Europe for Eurovision, we also have Junior Eurovision, which mm-hmm. is like a, the kids' version of the competition. Yeah. And I remember trying very hard for a lot of my childhood to write a song for like the Junior Eurovision, because mm-hmm. I thought that <laughs> sounded seemed like so much fun. So that was like my first attempt.
1: I'm not going to make you re-sing, do you remember the name of it?
3: Uh, I'm sure it was, like, about pets or something. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I love that, though. You know it's songwriting in its purest form when it's, like, straight from the heart. There's no filter on that. (laughs) Um, Thank you for sharing that. Again, we won't make you um, sing or divulge any other part of it. Um, In terms of, so, I guess, further new music from Slutface. Yeah. Can we expect more music, I guess, in the next six
3: to twelve months? Yeah there'll be stuff coming out next year that's um, Face songs we're mixing our next full length record right now so we're pretty close to having that be finished um, which I'm kind of like trying to work on from a very different time zone while I'm here so it's (laughs) interesting um but yeah that we think that'll be done before christmas and probably released next year sometime
1: that's very exciting and it seems like a little bit of an obvious question so i apologize go um (laughs) but while we do have you here in australia and we know that you're not playing shows can we expect that you'll come back and play some shows here in australia
3: that's like kind of another purpose of this trip is to try to set that up for next year because we would really really like to come back i um My whole band is, uh, it was like a little bit too expensive to bring everybody for this trip because we didn't have like a tour planned. Mm. Um, But they're very jealous and would really like (laughs) to be here um, because it just dipped down to like three degrees and rain all the time in Oslo. So I've been sending them pictures of like being at the beach on the weekend and they've been like... (laughs) You better bring us next time. (laughs) So, yeah, we really hope that we can all come back next year. Like, our dream would be to do like Australian festival summer because that's also our winter. So, that would be amazing for
1: us. Well, fingers crossed that is what we get. Um, Haley, thank you so much for the chat today. I appreciate it. Really good chat.
6: I a, a a hater, death to invader and all. the land takers enough. the treaty breakers enough. the dictators are
1: Please well, welcome, to this song is yours, Miss Kanina. Hello, how are we? I'm
6: good, thank you. How are
1: you? <laughs> I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for um, joining us at South by Southwest this week.
6: Yes, I'm so excited. This is actually my first podcast ever, so <laughs> I'm super keen to come in here and, you know, South by Southwest, I've never been
1: before, and so it's just all like the hustle and bustles. It's crazy at the moment. Have you been here all week?
6: No, week? actually, we just flew in yesterday. We were kind of a fly in, do the shows and fly out. Um, I'm still poor at the moment, so it's not as though I can fly everyone here and we can Hang hanging out and go to all the talks and stuff you know i'm still working at mm-hmm. a full-time job so come in <laughs> do what we're gonna do and get the fuck out <laughs>
1: <laughs> similar to what we're doing podcasting yeah. is not the uh, the big money maker that everyone thinks it is but um yeah i definitely get that the kind of the hustle in hustle out mm. i did see last night i think you played a showcase i did well where, where was that where was the showcase you played uh, last night I can't,
6: ali what was the venue that we went to last night Mulan Restaurant. But it was for the laneway um, showcase, which That's was really right. cool. Right?
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. How did it go?
6: It was really good. I um, I had a little hiccup um, with a little tech thing, but which kind of like made me feel a little bit weird. But then I realized that like we're artists and we're doing live shows and it's not supposed to be perfect. I feel like it, mm-hmm. when you have that kind of experience, it just kind of humanizes yourself a little bit more because, you know that's why people come to see live shows because they want to connect yeah. with you more as like a, as a person rather than a robot. Um, and I think that it, it definitely humbled me a little bit because I was like, oh, fuck, you know. But <laughs> apart from that, um, I showcased two new songs as well, which was fun. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it.
1: We've been talking to a few artists today and, like, have you found that the crowds... Because it is, uh, like... South by is this weird amalgamation of like mm. festival. There's real mm. life punters. There's industry people. Mm. Did you find uh, Did you find that the the crowd got into it that they were able to like yeah. loosen up a bit?
6: I'm going to be honest. Mm. Um, things like this, like Big Sound in the South by Southwest where, you know, there's so many people showcasing and so many people are here for business, the crowds are very different because when you go to watch an artist as a fan, you're there purely for the music because you love the music, you know, watch the music and people mm-hmm. are really attentive. Whereas here, people are choosing to do business um, which I find is really disrespectful as an artist, you know. Um, no disrespect to people um, specifically but even with Big Sound and here, like you're, you know, I'm, I'm here, like I've worked really hard on making a 45 minute set or 30 minute set or whatever and I'm Sharing this with you, the least you could do is be quiet and watch. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like people don't realize that that's what's happening. You know, they go there, they just they choose to have meetings, you know, on the dance floor, um, which you know I kind of was like, all right, be quiet now. Yeah. It's time to watch me, yeah. um, because that's it's not it's not as though I it's it's like a nine to five job from Monday to Friday. It's like you only get to see me for thirty minutes once every couple of weeks or months or whatever thing like anything like that. So, yeah, I feel like the crowds are very very different here because you. Have have to um, realize that not everybody's eyes are going to be on you, but people are still listening. And I feel like working around that is definitely a skill that I have to learn. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've always found it interesting that people do conduct like business interviews or meetings like while they it it's, it's so weird, right? Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. It, like, I get that. It's obviously a busy time, but mm. I'm like, unless you're getting a cut of that, mm. I think that's the only fair way to mm. kind of do it, right? mm.
6: Mm. <laughs> Yeah, and I also feel like, you know, cutting them a little bit of slack. Before I got into music, I was definitely that bitch that was, like, front <laughs> left, who was, like, talking to my friends, like, Rah! you know, um, like, not really caring. And now that I'm doing music, I kind of have a more sense of respect for artists because I'm kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, um, Rara Zulu, um, one of my good friends from, from Melbourne, she's an incredible black artist. She actually brought that to my attention. Um, Last year, I went to go watch her... Actually, was it last year? I think it was the start of the year. She did a um, residency with the Izzy Boys at the Evelyn Hotel Mm -hmm. in, in Melbourne. And she spoke so well she just said at the start of her gig she said if everyone could please be quiet during my set i'm about to pull my heart out to you i'm about to show you the work that i've worked really hard on please give me the respect and be quiet and you know even if someone whispered in my ear i feel like i was doing her a disservice by even engaging in that because i did go there to watch her and i did go there to listen to that and i feel like her saying that really installed in me more respect for artists
1: in, in that sense it is an incredible kind of thing that well, a lot of artists are doing because, as you said, like, there's so many artists playing this week. There's gigs, like, from 4 p.m. to, like, 11, 12 p.m. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Everywhere. And
6: they're all spread out as well. It's it's yeah. not like in Big Sound where you walk down one road and then it's, like, no. all there. It's, like, y'all motherfuckers go to everywhere <laughs> around the city. <laughs>
1: There's so many gigs. So I understand, obviously, people have to kind of multitask, but it is nice when they can kind mm. of show some respect to the artistry mm. because, as you've said, there's a lot of hard work that's gone into mm, that. Mm, mm. Um, I'd love to talk about your artistry. Yay! Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's why we have got you here. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's been such an incredible year for you, I feel. Um, there was the uh, incredible um, Black Britney that came earlier this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think in, I want to say it was around May or June that it was released. Was it
6: May? Yeah, May. May. Oh, oh, yesterday I said March. (laughs) Oh, that's crazy. May, it's only been out for five months. People
1: are acting like it's been out for years. I think that's, it seems to be resonating with people, Mm. which is awesome.
6: Mm. I'm a deadly bitch. A black Britney Spears. Uh, I'm a deadly bitch. A black Britney Spears. And I'm going to tell them what they want to hear. And we are back. <laughs> we, are back. <laughs> we, are back. <laughs> we are back. Technical <laughs> back. issues.
1: Um, before we, uh, we had to have a bit of a uh, change of scenery, mm. we were talking about mm. how Britney Spears influenced mm. Black Britney, but also how it was like a... a not a reclaiming, but like a... <sighs> You were articulating a lot better than I was. Would
6: you like me to go <laughs> yes, again? Yes, please, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, it's, it's really interesting too because I feel like um, Brittany, as soon as I came out with that song, TikTok is a terrible place, by the way. Mm. TikTok mm-hmm. is a dark, terrible place that's not mm. mediated at all and I was just so naive and dived into TikTok and I put, um, you know, some videos of me singing the song and people were replying back being like, why would you want to be associated with Britney Spears? Or like... I hope you don't have a breakdown like 2007. And I just thought, it's how interesting that women are held to such high standards that if one thing happens to them, that's human. Mm. It takes away all of their amazing artistry that they've created. And for me, what I saw in 2007 was a vulnerable girl who's been taken advantage of and nobody was there to help her. Mm. That's what I saw. But for Britney, for me... This bitch is doing her own fucking flips on stage. She doesn't get a stunt double to come in and do those on her music videos. She does that and she works really hard. And what I mean by Black Britney Spears is that I want to be as involved in my music and I want to be as care... Like, I want to care about my live performance as much as she does. And, like, you you can see it when she performs at like, you know, it's the the kind of level... Not, obviously, at all the same as Michael Jackson, but, like she's so on point with her performance and I feel like we're lacking a lot of that now with the live performances that like mm. people are just getting up in the same pair of jeans that they wear every bloody day men um <laughs> and for me like I want to wear something new every time I want to do something new every time and I, I want people to like my live performances more than my Spotify streams you know and that's kind of why I said Black Brittany, because I'm not a white girl so <laughs> I'm adding my own little black flavor to it. Um, and that's kind of, yeah, that's how, that's, that's why it's Black Britney. And um, the term deadly bitch, um, so for those of you who don't know what deadly means, it's an Aboriginal term that only black people can use. <clears throat> and uh, so, deadly bitch comes from um, like obviously the Nicki Minaj, um, Black Barbie, mm. and um, that whole um, amazing shift that she brought such like beautiful sexuality towards black women. And I feel like Aboriginal women are really underappreciated. Mm. You know, like I, f- I feel like people look at us so differently. Um, they look at us at us. They look at us as where you know we have a deficit. Or you know, we're we're um, not as privileged, which we we're not we're not as privileged. But I feel like some people mistake that because we are still really beautiful and strong and sexy. And I I wanted to to talk about that
1: in the song. One hundred percent. I think that's extremely extremely fair. But also like, I think that for a long time in Australia, and I can only say this as like a white person can, um, is that there hasn't been. A good representation in terms of not good representation, but there hasn't been enough representation. Sorry, mm. of um, of First Nations music and mm. like and and like that kind of broad spectrum. As you kind of said, like you grew up having all of these different experiences and kind of um, emotions and thoughts and and influenced by people like Britney Spears as well. And so I think that it is it's really good in 2023 that we've got artists like yourself coming forward with these other unique perspectives that I don't think the Australian music scene was necessarily highlighting well and I think they yeah. are
6: now. yeah so my mum uh like we used to go to so many festivals growing up my mum used to be in events um and so like I've been going to festivals since I was really little and then when I was able to go by myself to like Falls Festival um in Tassie um what I was seeing every single day on the lineup was the same band but different versions of them, a mm-hmm. bunch of Kevins, four, four white guys, four white guys, yeah. all like long, long hair, you know, fucking jeans and like shades, double denim, that sort of shit. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, and when I was young, I was like, yeah, this is our music. We we listen to indie rock. This is what Australia has to offer. And then I saw people like TK Mizer on the scene. And I was like, Mm. whoa, what is going on, you know? Uh And, like, she ripped through the Australian uh, music industry. And I was kind of like, I want to see more of that. Mm. And then I started getting older and I realised that it wasn't that we didn't have these artists. It was that they weren't getting booked because of racism. Mm. You know, racism is systemic. And whether people realise it or not, uh, music festivals are the key... To um, what people will listen to. You know, you go to music festivals, you're drunk or whatever, you accidentally stumble across a new band, mm. you listen to them and then you listen to them for the rest of your life or you listen to them for the next couple months. And so, music festivals um they have so much responsibility for having an equitable lineup and that's what I would like to see. I would like to see them actually, you know, start booking people of color, start booking queer people and like really sharing light because like, if I'm being honest, like they're the most authentic creators, Mm. you know, like we create the culture. Um, and like, I'm just sick of listening to boys sing about going to the beach and drinking beers and Hanging out with girls and you know there's only so many times you can rewrite that story.
1: Uh, yes, agreed, agreed. I think that, like there. Don't get me wrong, there is a there is a place for that. Mm, but again, as you said, there's only so many times that you can hear it. Yeah, and of It's course. nice to have different perspectives, different stories, different mm. things to listen to, other than as you said, the same. Especially Bible. because
6: this country is so multicultural. I feel like people exactly. forget like the white Australia policy is real. You know, we still have the white Australia policy here and Europeans are always going to be given the better option um, for where they want to live. But, like, there are so many cultures Mm. in this country. You know, there's a huge Asian population, there's a huge African population and everything in between. And I feel like, you know, why aren't we seeing that in our mainstream music? Why aren't we seeing that on the lineups? And I feel like now, though, like, there's so much more
1: of that and I'm so happy to be a part of that as well. I think there's a lot of people that are happy to see you yeah. on the music show as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, there is also a brand new single out. There is. At the moment?
6: No. Tonight.
1: Tonight. It premieres. When this runs, it'll it be will up.
6: be out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like money. <laughs> <laughs> I like
1: new single is out tonight it'll be out now when and it'll be linked into this YouTube video Um, Pinnacle Bitch Mm -hmm. is out right now Mm -hmm. firstly fantastic track thank you absolutely (laughs) love this Um, I wanted to ask uh, about a line in the song because I'm fascinated when um, not necessarily like diss tracks Mm -hmm. but when you're choosing to like throw some shade at someone yes there's a line in it that I'm top Pinnacle Bitch um, I'm going to get this wrong So I apologise You're just a bum, bum Suck snitch. snitch Yes And yeah. I wanted to ask The bum Suck snitch mm-hmm. How do you land On an insult That Or like a A diss That is um, How do you pick What's going to work In the song
6: Uh, I just think about the person that I'm talking about and I just realise that they suck up to people and they're a fucking snitch. Mm -hmm. And it sounds good. Yep. So, yeah, but you're right. That is funny. It is a diss track um, because I wrote it when I was being bullied by someone in particular. And I just, like, when I was in it, I I thought that it was my fault. I I was, like, you know, I, I like, internalised a lot of it, but it wasn't until I came out of of it and I stopped seeing that person and that person wasn't around me anymore that I realised that actually that person was extremely jealous of me mm. because they had to verbally bully me to make themselves feel better. Yeah, And that's, that's such intense insecurity when you have to actually like go out of your way to make someone feel bad about themselves when they've done nothing to you. Yeah. That's extreme insecurity. And I feel bad for you and please don't get it twisted. Like I'm fucking better than you, like, don't make me feel like I'm not. Mm. And, you know, I'm, I I feel like I take things very personal and um, in, instead of, like, lashing back, I wrote a song.
1: I know that it's almost somewhat cliche in the music industry to talk about, like songwriting is cathartic things like that did Mm -hmm. you feel a sense of relief once you just write it yeah yes I did (laughs) especially because it's a fucking banger it is
6: (laughs) and I'm gonna make lots of money (laughs) um yeah I definitely felt a big weight lift off my shoulders when I wrote this song because I was feeling like you know I used to do like journal like journaling yeah Um, and then I kind of moved away from that when I started writing more music and I realized that music was actually you know Aboriginal people First Nations people black people have always used music and song as a way of telling their story and as healing like we 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 as First Nations people have always used music as healing and so for me um, modernizing that and using you know hip-hop to help heal my trauma from that um, yeah it made me feel a lot better about myself and it also was kind of like Pep talking myself as well, like mm. reminding myself that I am staunch, I am fucking deadly, and I am a pinnacle bitch, and you fucking suck ass. So that's what, that's,
4: what, <laughs>
6: that's that's how it made me feel. And like most of it, when I was writing, it was kind of like you know, yes, you know, you, you are you are like that, I, you are like that. And then it wasn't until I performed it a few times that I was kind of more settling myself in, into that emotion.
1: I absolutely love it. The track is incredible. Thank you. It is staunch. Mm. <laughs> um we would usually ask our guests what they're currently listening to. Mm-hmm. Is there anything at the moment that's kind of on high rotation for yourself?
6: Yeah. What's on high rotation? Um, for me, I've been listening to heaps of Ray at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. also I've been listening to La Kiki, La Kiki, La La I've been saying La Lake- Kiki 47 for my entire life. And then I went to uh, Triple J the other day and one of the presenters was like, it's La Lake- And I was like, What?
1: the fuck. You've taught me that now, so I didn't know. What? Right? Yeah.
6: But it's so funny because I get really pissed off when people say my name wrong, mm-hmm. and I'm out here not saying another black woman's name right. So, but yeah, I've been listening to Chitty Bang by her because mm. she's like, she's the goat. Mm. She's crazy.
1: It's an incredible talent.
6: Yeah, it's it's so yeah. I've just been listening to um, a lot of black um, female artists at the moment on yeah on
1: high rotation. Awesome. If you were to um, give a recommendation to any. Australian uh, First Nations artists, who would you throw a shout out to?
6: Definitely Barker, Jada Weasel, those two are crazy. Mm. Um, Also Kobe D, Tasman Keith, you know, um, they're incredible artists. Um, Kobe D, I feel like he just knows what's up. Mm. He knows what's up and when he performs, he's him and Barker the same like they just let you in so much and they share so much of their story and what they're singing about is not easy you know people are fucking lucky to be able to hear what they have to say Um, (laughs) every time I see Barker I feel like I'm seeing her for the first time I've seen her heaps of times and um just the way that she gives herself to the crowd is incredible. And anybody that goes and watch Barker will agree with me that um she's so staunch and she's a mum as well. Like it's mm. And she's yeah, she's young too. Like she knows what's up and she's she's seen so much and yeah, she looks like her whole story. Um I performed a gig. Uh, called uh, Black Up, which is a First Nations, um, like, creators' uh, workshop that ran for, like, a week or something like that. One of my good um, friends, Caution, Mob Caution, he, um, he uh, curated it and he asked me to come down and open for Barker, which was the first time they met her. And she sang a song about her dealing with um, addiction, and how she was clean and how um, she was sorry to her children. And I tell you right now, every single person in that tent was crying their eyes out because she wasn't only healing her own trauma, she was healing their trauma as well because, you know, our community has dealt with a lot of addiction and it's not our fault. And for her to kind of own that and be like... You know, I wish I fought for you, you know, as a, her daughter. Like, it just, like, you just saw everybody's heart just, like, heal a little bit more. And that's why I love Barker, because she's not thinking about herself.
1: She's thinking about her, her, her whole community. Any time that I've listened to Barker, and um, I think seen her once in Adelaide. going to try and catch her uh, this week at South By. She's going Go. to South By, and so is Kobe. Um, but that it has been this incredible kind of... Dirt. It's like it's her world, and we're just kind of like floating. We're all just living in it. 100%. She's the queen. (laughs) Agreed. Um, Miss Kanina, thank you so much for coming onto the pod. I appreciate it. Um, And congratulations on Pinnacle Bitch, which is out now. Check it out, please. Check Um, it out. um, Shake your ass to
6: it. Let me see it and i put gas in my tank i take my bag to the bank these bitches try but they can't i'm at the head i pull rank and don't you worry about me cause i'll be charging that fee so